everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This episode is a repeat because Friday's was so, so just very upsetting. Just so, so upsetting. Still watch it. Just upsetting. Still watch it. Oh, and it's another Natalie. What the hell? Third Natalie in a row where I have said, this has to be the last Natalie. She's leaving. I think they are. I think they're doing all of her episodes. So here we go. All of them in a row. That's what they told us six months ago, that she was leaving. She would be done at the end of the year. So I kept assuming each one would be the last one. Now I'm thinking she killed Dennis Murphy and she's now the permanent host of Dateline. That's what I think is happening. We have not seen Josh. No. In season 30. We did once. Kristen Smart. Oh, okay. I was about to do a wellness check. That's good. Okay. That's fine. You were going to show up with cookies for Dennis, and then you're going to show up with steak for Josh on his doorstep. Just checking. Hello? Sizzling. This is really hot. Are you okay? (laughs) Like the hottest pan. I wanted to bring it to you hot, Mr. Mankiewicz. <laughs> Horrible. The police would be called. Ma'am? Oh, my God. <laughs> can you put the steak down? I can't. It's glued to my hands. Oh. Oh, my God. All right. Okay. So this episode is called Deadly Ambush. It is on Peacock. It is free. People get so amped about Peacock. Like, ah, Peacock. Do you, all of the datelines are free on Peacock. You just have to sign in with an account, but it's free. What do you mean amped? You mean angry? Yeah. Hype, like angry hype? Like mad about Peacock because they don't want to pay for another subscription service. But Peacock is free for a lot of the content. Some of it you do have to pay for, but we are not picking those episodes. These are, the datelines are, I think, all free. Peacock's a great app. Highly recommend. Hold your horses, people. So this is season 19, episode 10. It aired on November 12th, 2010. It's an oldie. Oh, yeah. Hosted by baby Keith, who kind of pretty much looks the same in honor of Keith Miss coming up. So thank you. May the Lord bless us, everyone. Hark how the hair, sweet silver hair, all seem to say <laughs> Keith Muss's hair. <laughs> all right. That's good. Thank you. Year 2000 is when this happens in Fayetteville, North Carolina. This is our, I believe, fourth Fayetteville episode. So we had The Bridge. We had The Mystery of the Murdered Major for Patreon. And we had Deep in the Woods, which is where we first met Marsha Marshburn, who recently emailed us. And then I think I scared her off. She was maybe going to come on the show. You scared her off? I was so nice. I don't think, I think she was just shy. So like we exchanged a few emails back and forth and then she didn't write back the last time. Maybe we should have Oliver email here. He's a little shy. He speaks shy. (laughs) He speaks shy. He does. Let's have him do this. You know, I don't remember things, right? Yeah. Like you wouldn't say I have a great recollection of things that I've seen before. Yeah. I knew Fayetteville. You did. Good. That should tell you how many times it's been on. Times <laughs> That I knew it immediately. Yeah. So, and there's actually a, quite a bit of crossover on, in one of our other episodes that we will get to in this one. There's a whole community crossover. Oh, yeah, I got it. And it's a wild, wild community. You bet. There's no Froggy Bottoms, unfortunately. That was from Into the Deep in the Woods, was Froggy Bottoms. That bar that I kept thinking had really sticky seats and everything was very sticky in there. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. I remember that. Okay. So this episode starts with B-roll Bonanza. Like right off the bat, there's a woman's hand turning on her Microsoft computer and it starts making the loudest whirring noises like it's a copy machine starting up. I can't do it. I'm enjoying you trying. It's good. It's really strong. It was strong. (laughs) This is 2010. That seems right. I feel like they need to call the geek squad because I'm concerned about the dust or the fan in there computer is not working or it's working too hard. How long has it been since you've had a desktop with like a box next to it, not a laptop? Yeah, it's been quite a long time. Okay, they all sound like that. Okay, I trust you. Michelle Thier was, no doubt about it, dissatisfied, which of course got me thinking, she will never be satisfied. There we go. She was successful, young, attractive. She was a new psychologist. She counseled troubled couples. Ironic, which we'll find out later. Spoiler alert. When she was 20, she married Marty, her high school sweetheart. He went to the Air Force Academy. And throughout the episode, we hear her on tape talking to a psychologist. And we don't find out why, although you can kind of guess why, until much later in the episode. So we're hearing her voice a lot describing their relationship. She says, we did everything together. We were best friends. He treated me really well. She thought they'd have this really exotic, faraway locations lifestyle traveling for his work. But instead, she got Oklahoma and Alabama and Florida, which I felt was heavy shade to throw. Well, who who lied to her? (laughs) Who told her that marrying a military man would lead her to Ibiza? (laughs) Who told her that? No one told her that. She made that up in her head. She was misled. Then they landed in Fayetteville. He was a captain by then in the Air Force. She was left alone a lot and they started fighting a lot. She said to the psychiatrist, she said, you know, I'm in Fayetteville, Loserville, and I'm all alone there. Wow. That's negative. (laughs) But I'm sure it's a local nickname that people call it. But that's not nice. These are our military people. Is it a local nickname? Because it doesn't roll off the tongue. I mean, the way she said it made me sound like she had heard it from someone else and was repeating it. I don't feel like she made it up. Fayetteville and Loserville. Like maybe if you were living in Louisville. No one said mean nicknames were clever. I mean, it's like the kids in school and they're like, hey, you lazy eye. Like that's not a creative nickname, but it is a nickname nonetheless. Mm, it's true. Four eyes, you mean. Stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not making fun of anyone with lazy eye or four eyes, but kids are. Do people yell out lazy eye? Oh, yeah. Teens on the street. I do know. I know very well. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's why I avoid them. I know all about that. Also, I feel like she could have reached out to other military wives or other military spouses. I would not recommend she would reach out to other military husbands, and we will find out soon why. But I know there are communities. I don't think Michelle is a girl's girl. I don't think Michelle is interested in girl pals. She's one of those girls who says, I don't know why I like never have girlfriends. They're always jealous of me or something. I just get along way better with the guys. Ladies. What Michelle is doing is clearly making an excuse that I really only get along with guys because 
women are too much competition for me is the other end of that sentence that she's not saying. I don't want to compete with them and I don't want to compare myself to them. Well, and to be fair, she actually never said she doesn't have girlfriends. That is all us putting that on her. But did you see one on Dateline? No, we did not see any girlfriends on Dateline. Great point. And we have no evidence that she tried to link up with anyone other than males. Correct. Yeah. So at this point, she's lonely. This is when she goes on her very noisy computer and enters those five little words. Clickety-clack, the B-roll is typing on the big keyboard. So good. Sexy, brunette, seeks, rendezvous, man. Those five little words. Love the confidence, I have to say. We should all call ourselves sexy. Good for her. She got a lot of responses. One of them is from John Diamond, which is a real name and not a Chippendale dancer. Shocker. But it could, it might be as one as well. It could be both. Yeah. They meet in person at Charlie's restaurant. It didn't look like a romantic restaurant where you would kindle an affair, but I didn't get to see the interior. I know a Charlie's. I've seen Charlie's in my journeys. But have you ever been inside? I've seen them in Kentucky, I think. And I'm pretty sure I've seen them in Tennessee. Okay. Let us know, people. If you've been to a Charlie's, I think it's like a Chili's. Then that's not a romantic place to kindle an affair. Although we've seen a lot of dates on Chili's that lead to sex and murder. But it is a moderately priced restaurant. So if it's not working out, you're not breaking the bank. You're getting out of there with a $40 bill, you know? That's a good point. No, that's a really good point. She thought that he was charming and they were able to talk about movies and music, which is something she could never talk to Marty about because he's Amish. Why won't he talk to her about movies or music? You married someone who would not, who you've never discussed your favorite movies or music? Remember I went on that first date with that guy who said he doesn't really like music? (laughs) I do. And he prefers talk radio. Never got a second date. No. But you know what? I'm single. So maybe I should have settled and I would be unhappily married right now and seeking an affair online as well. No, but he had other strikes against him. John Diamond was a sniper in the army. He was also married. So he's down for an affair. He had two kids with two different wives. Michelle thought he was attentive and affectionate Keith asks John Diamond's sister, Debbie, what made her so attractive to him? Which kind of felt like shade, Keith. Yeah. What did he see in her? What are you trying to say, Keith? Sister Debbie says the sex. What we were all thinking. He loved the sex. He was obsessed with the sex. He was smitten with having sex with her. And Keith looks so put off like he's hearing something very untoward which is my face as I'm also watching these episodes. So it it makes sense. It was like a mirror. Are we going to just, are we going to skip over the fact that her name is Debbie Diamond? Her name is Debbie Diamond. Yeah. Was that her last name on the show? Or did they say she had a different last name? I don't know. I don't remember. But I hope her name was at some point Debbie Diamond. Yeah, Debbie Diamond. Because that's just too great. You are a country singer. Mm Mm-hmm. That maybe wears like a big full circle skirt. Like Dolly in the old days, like Loretta Lynn. That'd be great. Michelle still loved Marty, her husband. It was just lust and not love with Diamond. That's what she's telling us. Michelle told Marty, our marriage is in trouble. We need to go to counseling. And he said no, 
So Michelle moved out and spent time with John. She said he was so attentive, he would rub her feet for five hours if she wanted to. At this point, I really started to notice her drawn on eyebrows and was concerned and thought, do men not notice that sort of thing or do they just not care? That is my question. Yeah, I have an answer maybe. Yeah. I think that in a lot of cases, if you were to ask certain men, they would just say makeup. Right. Face. Face. They would not be able to pinpoint what it was. Mm Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. A, a, a lot of men would say that. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, she's wears makeup. Mm-hmm. But they wouldn't know that it was the eyebrows. The very thin eyebrows that are drawn on. It's all I can see. Well, I think that we have strong reactions to eyebrows because we lived through the 2000s. <laughs> so, And I feel badly even commenting because so many people we know were taken in by the over pluck your eyebrows phase and then regretted it later. So many people. So you weren't one of them. Oh, I was one of them. Okay. I'm sorry. I did not notice that you were one of them because it doesn't appear that you draw on your eyebrows now. If you do, it's you didn't over pluck. Well, I didn't over. No, I did not do it so much that they would not grow back, but I certainly had them tight and right during the time. And let's be clear, I did not pluck or overpluck, not because I'm better than anyone, but because I'm lazier than everyone. Correct. Also, my eyebrows are pretty clear. (laughs) They're translucent. I have tried to handle your eyebrows many times. I have tried to manhandle them, for lack of a better term. They're out of control. They are wild and wiry. You don't know where they start or end. They just know. And they're clear. They're clear. There's nothing. It's. It's clear hair attached itself to protect your brow bone. That's literally what you have. And you don't, you just don't see them. And when you try to darken your eyebrows, it looks insane. Groucho marks. So I've been doing it for our live streams. Does it not look good? You haven't been like really dark. No, I, cause even if I put on the tiniest bit, it feels like I'm a cartoon character or something all of a sudden, cause it looks so strange. I am also assuming you're wiping half of it off. So probably. Yeah, probably. I think you're probably showing up with 2% darker eyebrow. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> it's gone from clear to semi-clear to <laughs> hazy. So she says he was great, super attentive, but it's not enough for her. She moves back in with Marty after only a few months and she ends the affair for three days and then it's back on. So they go on a trip to the tropical island together. They go to romantic hotels. Michelle calls these (laughs) relapses when she goes back to him, but she really loves Marty and really wants to make it work, except for the relapses. She tells John Diamond this. He's devastated per Michelle. This is all per Michelle. I'm going to kill myself. I can't live without you, Michelle. So, and at this point, Keith is leaning on a fence. That's big lean number one, just keeping track. John Diamond wouldn't let Michelle go. He keeps calling her, making a scene at her office, threatening to call Marty and tell him everything. So she calls John Diamond and she meets him at another restaurant, our second restaurant, Zorba's, which is, I looked it up, Mediterranean. They have like gyros. Gyros? Gyros? Oh, why did you pick that word? Pick a new word. I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't know how to properly say it. 
Do you not know? No, I know on Seinfeld, they said gyros. That's literally all I know. And that's when I learned what a gyro is. So it's got to be right if it's on Seinfeld. No, that's not necessarily true. Stop it. I'm giving it a bing right now. We're going to solve this mystery once and for all because I don't know. Euros. Maybe it's just if you're going to overpronunciate like Ibiza. Simply say ye and then ro. Yiro. Yeah. See, I think that's just if you're really trying to pronounce it correctly, like bruschetta. But I think Americans would say gyro and bruschetta. But I could be wrong. Anyways, I'll hear from the gyro police. It's okay. It's fine. So she meets John Diamond there to let him down. And she says he seemed to take it well. This is her voice on the therapist recording that is telling us all this. Right. Then Keith tells us it was holiday time. Time for Christmas parties where spirits flowed and the fuse burned to its explosive end. Somebody was about to die. Oh, boy. It was Keith. What a segue to a commercial. I was shocked. All right. Let's see if I can do a better segue to a commercial than Dateline can. No, I can't. That was my attempt. But I can talk about Best Fiends. If you're feeling lonely and having marital troubles or not, you don't have to seek an affair online. You can play the game that I am obsessed with, Best Fiends. I have been crushing it since Thanksgiving. It was the perfect break from all the holiday family Uh, The family that I'm so thankful for, but still it's a lot of thankfulness to deal with. Understood. Sometimes you need a little break and it's the perfect game to play casually for a few minutes or a few hours. Maybe I've done that like last night. I've been unlocking new levels that have new things. I've moved on from the return of the owl episodes. There are a lot of owl levels and those owls have made me believe in the Michael Peterson owl theory even more. But now I'm on to new things. Ooh, you're going to get letters. I know. It's, come on, it was the owl, guys. You never get bored because it's always challenging, always changing. Every level looks different and feels different. It's so fun. And you can play with no Wi-Fi. So if I ever get my van and do van life in the middle of nowhere, I can still play. Hey, I'm on level 2,449. Remember when my goal was 2,200? I was so young then. I have surpassed that goal by quite a lot, (laughs) which shows you how much I've been playing. Join me and send me your player code. I keep getting new player requests like every day. And it's so exciting because then you send each other little gifts inside the game. So Everyone join me. Download Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. It's a fiendishly good time. Ooh, you're my best fiend. Thank you, Best Fiends. Thank you, Best Fiends. I love you. I do. It really makes me so happy. I know it does. So we come back from commercial and we see a train station and we're hearing this good old, like, Southern good time, like washboard music. You'd hear like someone like on the washboard. It's very Southern hand clap and beat. And it seems very late in the episode for this, but we are getting a full length travel channel episode about Fayetteville. Correct. With Keith Morrison as your guide. Samantha Brown was sick and Keith Morrison is filling it. I'm here for it. Let's go. If anyone knows who Samantha Brown is, she's adorable. 
She's great. Love her. So Keith is, <laughs> says, in the heart of the Bible Belt, on the fringe of vast, sprawling army and air force bases, like a patient accommodating landlord, is Fayetteville. So I think he's saying, huh. okay, we're in the heart of the Bible Belt. We're on the fringe of vast, sprawling army and air force bases. Fayetteville is like a patient accommodating landlord to the army and air force bases that reside on Fayetteville. Interesting. Patient. So it's patient with all of the wild Fort Bragg folks. Well, considering this is our fourth dateline from Fayetteville, they Fayetteville is patient and accommodating of all the murders that are happening on these Army and Air Force bases. Of just crime. Right. Yeah. They're looking the other way like they're you're throwing keggers Got it. in your backyard. And they're like, it's okay. They're teenagers. It's they're I'm not gonna call the cops. It's fine. Oh, Fayetteville. Yeah. Like when I put blue hand marks in paint all over my white walls because of arrested development. My landlord has never said anything because he'll just paint it over when I leave. It's fine. He's patient and accommodating. You still have that? Yeah, I've never painted over him. They're still here. Completely forgot about that. That's a clever detail. That's very cute. I stole it from my friend Alyssa and I'm not embarrassed. Big of you to say that you stole it. I did. It was not my idea. And I don't like to claim things when they're not true. So we're not done with our Travel Channel episode. Keith gives us a walking tour of Fayetteville. He says, this tower marks the spot where North Carolina ratified the federal constitution in 1789. I'm standing on what was a slave market. Sherman fought battles here in the Civil War. What a proud history. But he says it's a military town and 160,000 acres back there is Fort Bragg. And nestled besides that is Pope Air Force Base. Two institutions, two professional military men, one woman. This has been your episode of Fayetteville brought to you by the Travel Channel. I'm Keith Morrison. You forgot the strip mall. Oh, I cut out the part about the strip mall because it's kind of trip for time. He goes, imagine this. A strip mall consists entirely of strip clubs and a downtown that's both charming and has seen everything. I started laughing. <laughs> I was like, don't show this, this shameful strip mall. You know Fayetteville does not want you to show that strippy strip mall. Stop that. That's why it's Keith Morrison hosting and not Samantha Brown, because Samantha Brown would never show the strip clubs. No, she doesn't roll like that. I don't know her. Yeah. Holiday season, Michelle and Marty go to Raleigh for a night out at the Fox and Hound Bar and Grill. This is our third big restaurant of the episode. Also, I like when grill is spelled with an E at the end. It feels fancier somehow. At 930, they are leaving the restaurant. Before they leave, Michelle steps away and makes a private phone call. They then drive home, but first they drop off some coworker friends at Michelle's office. Then they go towards home, but first they stop for gas at a place called Kangaroo Gas, which is adorable. Never seen it. Never seen it. 
don't know kangaroo gas. But I love it. I've seen a tiger, Mart, but I don't know kangaroo. Then Michelle at the gas station goes, oh, we can't go home. We have to go back to the office. Oh, shoot. No pun intended. I need to go back to my office. I forgot something because I need to do some work tonight, even though we're just getting back from a holiday party and it's 10 o'clock at night. I have work to do. So let's go back to the office. So they go to the office and she goes inside and he waits for her in the car. That is when he's shot. So military investigators and local police come to the scene. So the military is involved because he's a military man. There is a photo of her on the scene. Oh, just save it. Save it for fashion police. It is just too good. Just save it. If you could. If you can't, I understand. But I will say that her expression is like, my husband has just been shot. Why are you taking my photo? She is not pleased. Yeah, she's definitely not featuring that. No, it's not even that she's sad. She just looks angry that they're taking her photo. Sorry, I think I'm a little confused on what her job is at this point. Is she doing psychologist work right now? She is. She's a counseling couples, but I believe she also teaches in some capacity because they say something about students too. Okay. I'm just like questioning what work she needs to get at her office, I guess. She said it was a book. That's all we got. It's, It's a very important book. Sure. Okay. So Keith is talking to a local reporter in the reporter's newsroom and the local reporter is standing and Keith is like, I'm Keith Morrison. I will be half leaning, half sitting on top of your desk with my arms crossed. I am making myself at home. Thank you very much. Yes, correct. The reporter tells Keith that a man who lived by Michelle's office heard the shots being fired. They were calculated. He says it wasn't like bang, bang, bang. It was bang, pause, bang, pause, bang, pause. There are bullet holes in the wall. And this part made me so sad. There are red sequins from Marty's holiday suspender all over the scene. That was too sad. That was too sad of a detail. It made me feel like he was like a good husband dressing up for this holiday party that is for his wife's work. That's sweet. Well, it's clearly based on the fashion police we'll get to on the end. This is clearly an ugly sweater holiday party. Yeah. And so he was like trying to get in on the spirit by wearing some ridiculous Christmas suspenders. And it's awful. Also, This does prove what I've said many times that sequins and glitter are horrible and they get everywhere. But by the same token, if you're ever kidnapped, you want to be wearing sequins or glitter because it will leave a trail and they will find you. Sorry, this is new to me. You've included sequins now in your fun stuff that you hate. Oh, yeah. Just as bad. Almost as bad. So... It looks like Marty was at the top of the stairs because he was going to check on her. He was shot from below and then he fell down the stairs and Keith says the kill shot was up close. He doesn't call it a coup de gras shot because he is Keith and not Dennis. Yeah, he doesn't want to infringe. I get it. Yeah, I respect that. His wallet was, Marty's wallet was still on him so he wasn't robbed. Keith says, who would kill Marty? But of course the cops don't know what you know, assuming that what you've heard was the true story. Ooh. I love when Keith talks to the audience. There's no fourth wall. Makes me feel important. 
yeah, he wants a dialogue with us and he sees us watching. No, he doesn't. But it's still a very friendly way to to speak. I like it. Inside Michelle's office, they see that she had gone to the bathroom. She hadn't flushed the toilet. So this begs the question, was she peeing when she heard the shots? Or is she trying to conserve water? If it's yellow, let it mellow. It's not her personal toilet, Kimberly. It's the office toilet. You flush the office toilet, even if it's yellow. So... What if it's her private office bathroom? Then we're going to need clarification on that. Did Dateline producer say anything? And she wasn't expecting a <laughs> she wasn't expecting a patient until a few days from then. So she knew she would go again at some other point. So you're leaving it in the toilet for a few days? Yeah, no, I don't. I meant she would be in there the next day, but she wouldn't be seeing a patient. So she knew that she would go again. But I don't feel like if it's yellow, let it mellow. You're not really supposed to do that overnight for many nights. So because then the office smells like pee. And maybe going on holiday break. Yeah. Okay. So I'm guessing then she heard the shots whilst she was peeing. Me too. That's my assumption. Correct. Okay. So the other thing they think is weird is there's a candy wrapper in the trash. So the police feel like it seemed like she said, I'm just going inside to get a book. But it seemed like she lingered. She went in and kind of hung out for a while. I couldn't tell if it was a candy wrapper or a candy bar wrapper. And I feel like that matters because there's a big difference between I'm grabbing a book. Oh, there's a Jolly Rancher. I'm just going to pop a Jolly Rancher in my mouth. Or if it's like a Butterfinger, I'm going to sit down and eat a Butterfinger while my husband is waiting in the car. To me, it looked like a Starburst wrapper. So I think it was, and I fully agree, I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, that could just be grabbed off the counter. And also, if it's holiday time, there's probably glass jars with candy in them. And so she just grabbed one to pop it in her mouth. Maybe she had something garlicky or what, and you just want to change the taste in your mouth. That's totally, also, maybe she's a candy person. Don't need a reason. Yes. No, I I did not find that as weird as the police officers did. Yeah. So it's not that weird then. Cops, we disagree. Her boss tells the police that she was having marital troubles and an affair. Why her boss knows this, it's anyone's guess. I know that a lot of therapist psychiatrists are supposed to have their own therapist psychiatrist, so maybe she would tell that to them, but that would not be her boss, I don't think. I think it would be a different person, but she is apparently telling her boss these sort of things. And you're allowed to say that? If you're her therapist, you can't say that, right? Oh, but if it was patient confidentiality, then maybe so then maybe the boss is just her boss and not in a therapist capacity. Or maybe both of us need to eat a little crow and that was her friend. I guess. Yeah, her boss is her friend. She's friendly with her boss. Yeah. Apologies. Okay. I get it. Although if I was like a therapist where my main job is counseling troubled couples. I feel like I wouldn't want my boss to know that I was having marital troubles and having an affair. You think? (laughs) But maybe I'm being too judgy. Nope. I think you're right. I was shocked. I was like, how does your boss know you're having an affair and is allowing you to counsel couples with marital problems? I guess that that is also stating that no therapists or counselors have problems of their own. Right. And they absolutely do. Obviously, 
Of course they do. They have their own lives, but this is this was a bit wild. But they're handling their problems in a way that they would not be advising their patients to handle their problems. That's more the issue. So Michelle admits to the police, yes, I was having an affair, but I haven't talked to John Diamond in a couple days. But then they press her a little bit and she does admit that she tried to call him from that Christmas party right before they were leaving. So 90 minutes before the murder, she tried to call him as she's leaving the party with her husband. It's super sus. Yeah, a little bit. It's not great. Detectives find out that her and John Diamond talk to each other 20 times a day, which is 19 and a half too many times to be talking to your lover. They go to see John Diamond. He says, yeah, we're having an affair, but I'm having an affair with a bunch of other chicks too. So, so what? He sounds great. Oh boy. Oh boy. He has an alibi though. He was at home with his family. I asked which family. You have several. Oh. Ouch. Snap. Yeah. Snap. Michelle tells detectives, I was suspicious of John Diamond too. I asked him, do you know anyone who had anything to do with this? And he said, no, he knows how much I love Marty. He would never hurt me in that way. So she believes him. This is what she's telling the police. What she doesn't tell the police is they are still fully boning after Marty's murder. There we go. Neighbors see John Diamond parking down a side street and sneaking through their yards, like the neighbor's yards, to sneak into the back of her house. And then he wouldn't leave until the morning. I am in love with all of these neighbors. So weird. Just spying on them fully, this soap opera that's going down, and then telling it to the police. And calling each other to talk about it. You know they're all calling each other. Don, it's Janet. Did you see him? He was back again last night. I saw you have to stay awake. I told you between 1130 (laughs) and 1150 every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And on Friday, he was there at 930. (laughs) You know that's happening. When he leaves in the morning, his hair is so messy and his shirt is on backwards. It's what my niece calls the walk of shame. Mm-hmm. I read about that on the internet <laughs> with my dial-up. I love these neighbors. I want to have a sit-down tea with them. Yeah, me too. And find out what they think because you know they think that the two of them murdered Marty. Like 100%. No doubt in their mind. No doubt about it. And they're ready to tell you about it. Yeah. The psychiatrist that we are meeting with says, you know, Michelle felt alienated by her friends at this time and she felt threatened by the police. So she was going to John Diamond for comfort. And that's really not rare. And at this point, we are still wondering who the F is this psychiatrist lady and why does she appear to be on Michelle's side in all of this? More on that later. A few weeks after the murder, Michelle and John Diamond go to Florida for a weekend because she wanted to see someone about grief counseling. Okay. So she took her lover with her. Wow. On a trip to Florida to get some grief counseling. Yeah, because lots of people do that. You didn't know? Tons of people do that. No, I didn't know. All over the world. Yep. I bet a lot of grief counselors, that's the first thing they ask. Which loved one did you lose? 
Is your lover outside in the hall waiting for you? Is that man's name John Diamond? (laughs) Does he dance for tips? (laughs) Sorry. A friend of John Diamond's from the army base. He tells police, I gave John Diamond a gun before the murder. Oh, boy. And it turns out to be the same kind of gun that killed Marty. Around the same time as this, John Diamond reported that his car was broken into while it was parked on the base and a gun was stolen from it. I didn't know that there were break-ins on the base. I guess it totally makes sense. There's that weird case where he was breaking into women's houses and watching that. There's a peeping Tom on the base dateline. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't think like cars were broken into on the base, but I guess I feel like it would be the most secure place in the world, but I guess it's actually not. Well, I would think it would be too. I think they're trying to lead you to believe that someone on the base took it like it was a fellow Mm -hmm. soldier. Police go and check out his car and the passenger side door was the window is shattered, but there's not enough glass on the inside of the car. So they think he has the door open when he breaks the window on purpose to make it look like a burglary. Keith calls it a bogus break-in. We usually call it a staged robbery. He calls it bogus break-in. I like the alliteration. I enjoy that. This just made me angry. This gave me a lot of flames on the side of my face. This one. This was irritating. Do it right if you're going to do it. You're in the military. Don't half A it. Do it right. Yeah. That is part of your credo. You know, protect America, stage robberies the correct way. Be all that you can be. Is that where you were going with that? Be all that you can be. Uncle Sam needs you. You can do it. Gillette, the best a man can get. Is that? Uh-huh. Good. Nailed it. And the glass when it doing a stage break-in should always be on the inside. Yep. It's break-ins 101. Yeah. John Diamond is arrested by military police, but not for the murder because he brought an unregistered gun on the base. Ooh which is a big no-no. So at this point, there's this amazing IT detective guy with a downturn mustache who is looking at Michelle's computers and he's trying to crack everything. There's a close-up of the screen with crazy code on it and he appears to be casually reading it like it's a People magazine. It's so impressive. It's fully code. It's just like numbers and just like, oh, uh-huh, mm-hmm. Just like reading it. I don't, it blows my mind. What's it called? Oh, Leet Speak. It's like it's in Leet Speak. That's kind of, you know what that is where you use numbers and letters that look like what you're saying, but it's oh. incorrect. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It's not, it's full code. I don't think he can actually read it. No, it's full code. They just appeared that way. He could though. I think some coders can do that. It's like reading another language. It's impressive. We have a mathematician friend that when he finishes a paper, yeah, you can't read it. It's not normal math. It's this other thing. But then if he was to read it aloud to you, yeah, then it sounds normal. He's saying things that these symbols mean. So it reads like English, but it's completely different. And then also there's like a special keyboard for it. It's called tech. Yeah. To do those papers. It's wild. That stuff is... Yeah, coding is crazy. So impressive. It really is. So the IT guy finds all of these deleted documents, 88,000 deleted documents. And he finds all these emails where Michelle was looking for affairs, plural, in Yahoo personals. I'm going to repeat that. 
Yahoo personals. Yahoo personals. The best a man can get. Where? <laughs> what is Yahoo personals? I don't know. Oh. I barely remember what Yahoo is. I mean, it was 2000. So I have to give her a little slack on that, that Yahoo had personals. I didn't know Yahoo had a personal section. It's like people who still have an AOL email address. But again, this was 2000. Also my mom. I'm sorry, Liz. The two other people that live in this house with me. (laughs) (laughs) You wonder why I can't get anything done (laughs) to a Yahoo email address. Oh, my God. So I'm giving her credit. It was 2000. So it was totally appropriate to be using Yahoo. I just don't know what personals are. I don't. Is that like Craigslist personals? Yeah, I think it's like the Craigslist personals or like the personals ad, like part of the newspaper, but online. You know, they have personals columns in newspapers, but this was on Yahoo. So she says on there, meet two to three times per week for long, hot, passionate encounters. And you're picturing this IT guy with the mustache having to read all these and you're just feeling very badly for him. So she's also a member, we learn, of Carolina Friends, a private lifestyle social club for open-minded couples and select singles. I am 99% sure that the people in the murdered major from Patreon were part of that club because they were part of a swingers club and it says they have more than 10,000 members and they were part of the Fayetteville, North Carolina swing community. So that means that club has had two murders associated with it. They got to shut down. But two out of 10,000 is not that bad. No, you got to shut down. Two out of 10,000. It's like normal odds, right? I don't know what murder rates are. I'm also always surprised that there are 10,000 people. 10,000 swingers in that North Carolina area. It could be adjoining states as well, maybe, but are part of that club. Would you tell me if you joined a club like that or would that be a secret? Because that's what it makes me think. It's people I know. I would be proud. It's got to be people we know are part of something like that. We just don't know. I love that. I watch all those shows where they're into that stuff like that. I find it fascinating. So anyone of our friends that's listening to this, see, Kimberly is very accepting. I'm very accepting. Just tell us because we want to know. I'm just curious. We just want to know about it and ask questions and we will not judge. Yeah, no, absolutely not. So I'm more judgy of monogamous couples, to be honest. I don't get how that works. You got to like the other person a lot. Yeah, I guess. Like how you like your dog. Oh, okay. You got to like the person that much. Boy, that's hard. There you go. Yeah. So the police find out that Michelle was taking John Diamond to these sex clubs and encouraging him to have sex with other women. But we also find out that John fell in love with Michelle and he was her little puppy that she could control. I don't get that expression because it's notoriously hard to control a puppy. Oh, correct. I don't really understand, but that's the expression they use. Very astute. He would send her hundreds of lovesick emails. He was obsessed. He said things like, I can't wait till you come back so we can take care of each other. You know, sex, sex, and of course, more sex. He's really subtle. He's super subtle. It's so 
subtle and it sounds exhausting. You want to excite me? It would be like Chinese food, TV, and then more Chinese food and TV and wearing cozy Bombas socks. And I would be in for the ride. That's a love letter in my book. Well, Bombas are a love letter to your feet. (laughs) Let's get it straight. Bombas mission is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So this holiday, when you gift Bombas to someone on your list, you are giving them to someone in need as well. It's a give-give situation. And this is why we love Bombas. We love Bombas socks, but I'm also very excited about Bombas clothes and underwear because Bombas doesn't make anything bad. Everything Bombas makes is great. And what a great way to give back. Bombas designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you cannot wait to put on every day. And boy, is that true. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a luxury cozy feel. They're made from super soft materials like merino wool, pima cotton, and even cashmere, which make them the perfect cozy winter layers. I have been consistently in my Bombas socks. Okay, I'm in my Bombas socks year round but really heavily at wintertime. And I have two of the ski socks, which I highly recommend if you like a little bit of compression without buying a compression sock, but also that cushiony warmth on the bottom of your feet. It's almost like wearing a slipper. I love the ski socks. There's a pair of Bombas socks for everything you do. They come in performance styles for every sport. Hands up if anyone wants to give me a gift, the performance ankle. That's yours. I'm on it. They also have holiday styles. Oh, I'm into that too. Every time they come out with a new style, they're so well done. I love them. So if you're feeling festive, that's great. I think also their pride collection is still up. Oh, I want that too. I want all of it. They're really, really cute. Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and the perfect weight so they hang on your body just right. Bombas underwear also has a barely there feel with second skin support that might make you forget your underwear even there. That's a good day. But in a good way. Yeah. Bombas are the coziest gifts for everyone on your list. And thanks to their festive gift boxes, you don't even need to wrap them. All you have to do is the giving. Socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters in that order. That's why Bombas donates one item for every item you buy. Bombas are made to be the perfect gift and made to give back to those in need. So happy giving this season, everybody. And go to bombas.com slash date dateline to get 20% off your first purchase. That's incredible. 20%. That's B-O-M-B-A-S.com slash date dateline for 20% off. Bombas.com slash date dateline. Bombas, 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 Bombas. Ho, 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 ho. Happy Bombas days. <laughs> you make me do ads just so I'll do stuff like that. I like it. Yeah. Let's talk BetterHelp. BetterHelp can provide you with the therapist in the privacy of your own home, your hotel room, your tropical island, the bathroom of your favorite restaurant, anywhere you need a little help. You can start communicating with a therapist in under 24 hours. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, but you can also send a message to your counselor at any time. Like, I'm about to go to a swingers party because my husband doesn't understand me. And your counselor will be like, Cool. No judgment. It's your body, your choice. I bet you thought I was going to go in a different way with that. No, I think they'd also say, just be safe and make sure that you're comfortable in your environment. Wrap it up. That's all. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas after all. 
So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states like North Carolina, which is slowly catching up to California, Texas, and Florida in its number of Dateline episodes. BetterHelp has counselors specialized in all kinds of issues like depression, anxiety, sleeping problems, LGBTQ plus issues, marriage problems, etc. I meant because of the people in this episode. I wasn't like, Katie, they have marriage problems. No. It seemed quite pointed, so thank you for clarifying. (laughs) You paused and looked at me. BetterHelp is easy, it's confidential, it's affordable. Contact them today to start living a happier life. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash dateline. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash dateline. Because we can all use a little... Better help during the holidays. Oh, boy, is that true? I don't even have anything funny to say. That's just true. John Diamond wrote to Michelle, I know that we are meant to be together and are kindred soulmates, but have you been married to each other 18 times in a previous life? Asks Chad Daybell jealously. Didn't think so. Do you have a portal in your closet? No. no. Who's tough now? <laughs> There's a 500,000 life insurance policy on Marty. There we go. Oh, boy. Now we're getting into the thick of it. John Diamond's sister, Debbie Diamond, is sure that he wasn't in love with her at all. In love with her or in love with her? In either? In, in love with her. She goes so far to his, to say that those lovesick emails are not really from John Diamond, that Michelle wrote them herself to frame John Diamond, to make it look like he was so desperately in love with her that he would do anything to have her, including kill her husband. So the sister's like, I need a handwritten letter from my brother expressing his love. Otherwise, I won't believe it. And Keith says, ma'am, how can you be so sure? And she says, well, he told me he didn't want to spend his rest of his life with Michelle. He didn't want to marry her. It was Michelle that was so in love with John Diamond. Michelle gave me, me being Debbie Diamond, some rings to give to John Diamond whilst he's in military prison because of the gun charge. So... She's so in love with him. She wants him to wear these wedding rings in prison, which led to whole other questions like, why are there two rings? And can you wear rings in a military prison? Head questions. But anyways, Debbie says, this proves that Michelle is so obsessed with John Diamond. But Keith loves to play devil's advocate with Debbie and with everyone. He's contrarian. And he says... Well, couldn't this also prove just not that she's in love with him, but that she's obsessed with framing him and she wants him to wear a wedding ring so it'll look like he's super obsessed with her and willing to kill her husband. And Debbie says, you know what, Keith Morrison, you might be right. TV's Keith Morrison, you might be right. I wish someone would call him that. They'd cut that out. They'd cut that out. He's known as Father Keithmas. So (laughs) if you don't call him Father Keithmas, you might as well just be quiet. Hold on. Why couldn't she be actually trying to marry him so that they can't testify against each other? 
there were no like letters that said anything like that. Like we need to somehow get married while you're in prison. It was just like, give your brother these rings. Was Marty shot in the front or the back? He was shot once, at least once in the back because he was walking up the stairs. And then he was shot closer on the ground, they think. But I think that was in his forward, the front. But he shot three times. Okay. Sorry, we'll come, we'll come back to this. It's important. We will come back to that. I know where you're going with that. So Debbie says, okay, you're Keith Morrison. You might be right. But the vibe that I'm getting from my brother is ever since he got arrested for the gun thing, he wants nothing to do with her. He's totally over her. So either he's been telling his sister something totally different or they're not that close and she likes to think that she knows everything her brother's up to or Michelle is making up all of this stuff. So which one did you think it was at this point? At this point, I thought Debbie, the sister, is just not, doesn't know her brother as well as she thinks she does. Huh. I don't know. I found Debbie really incredibly believable. I think she thinks she is very close to her brother, but I feel like he was downplaying a lot of stuff. You think so? Okay. Good. Interesting. I mean, the only thing we hear from his mouth that's not through Michelle's filter is when he told police, I'm having an affair with a ton of chicks. So... That could be him downplaying that for the police so he wouldn't look guilty or he could be having an affair with lots of chicks and wasn't then into Michelle. I'd like to know. I'd like to know. I don't know if my thoughts change by the end. I think they might have changed by the end. I have mixed feelings about the whole thing, so I'm excited to get to it. Okay. John Diamond gets a super Southern lawyer named Coy Brewer. Talks very, very, very slow. I would like... Coy Brewer to defend me if I ever go up for murder in Fayetteville. Any rational interpretation of the circumstantial evidence is consistent with Katie not being the shooter. That's what he says, but he says John. Police are still going after John, though. And he is eventually charged with murder and he's put on trial before a military jury. And apparently he is joking around with reporters. He's very cocky. He's sure that he is going to be found not guilty. That's weird to me. I'm just going to insert that here. That feels like innocent to me, not cocky, but I've been burned before. Yeah, I could see it both ways. Michelle is called to testify and they say she's lost a lot of weight, which I guess is the new revenge body. The old revenge body is the new showing up to testify against your ex-lover who killed your husband body. Are they telling us that just because it was like there were cameras all around her? So she had lost weight and dyed her hair for TV. She dyed her hair red, too. I think they want us to think that she thought she was hot poop and is kind of strutting in. Mm, okay. Which, unfortunately for her, she trips as she goes into the building with the reporters all around her. And I was so excited because she may not get in trouble for the murder, but that trip was a little bisque. And that bisque's name is Karma. And Karma drives a big bus and she knows everybody's address. Even if you're at the county courthouse. Mm Mm-hmm. I loved it. That was really fun. She, it wasn't that she tripped. She like missed the door. (laughs) It was like, oops, I wore my bad contacts today. I was out of my good ones. 
This is bad. Michelle pleads the fifth and doesn't answer anything. So that was helpful, Michelle. Thanks. The prosecution says she was the co-conspirator along with John Diamond. Now, John Diamond has an alibi, remember? No. No, he doesn't. Okay. Because his now ex-wife, oh, I can't believe they didn't make it, takes the stand and says that he was home watching a movie with the family, but halfway through his phone rang and he left. And then his mother-in-law takes the stand. She probably hates him. Let's be real. His mother-in-law hates his guts. Oh, the mother-in-law is out for blood. She's ready to annihilate him. Yeah. She says he came home in the middle of the night and washed his clothes. Now, the defense says her story changed after talking to the police and that she was afraid of the government and that they made her lie. I think what they're trying to say is she's undocumented. I think they're implying that. They don't say that. Oh, or is she just knows she might be just one of those people that hates the government. Or is afraid that they're trying to frame her. Got audited once and hates the government. Right. That's fair. So she, we don't know if she's telling the truth. There's no fingerprints. Here's very interesting, which might bring up what Katie was talking about previously. The shots that killed him were sloppy. It seems more like an amateur did it. And he is a sniper and a, by all accounts, good one in the army. So was it maybe Michelle that was the shooter or was he shooting sloppily so that it would not look like he did it? I don't. Okay. Or is it someone else that she got to do it? A total third person that we don't even know. Well, let's find out what this next bit really got me. This part about the gun. So the defense attorney with his Southern accent. Here we go. Says that Michelle asked John for the gun a few days before the murder. Because she was scared of her husband. So he's saying she had a ruse that she was scared of her husband and got the gun from John or asked John to get the gun from his friend and then he was going to give it to her because she needed it. Right. And then the lawyer says. I got it. Is this Michelle Theo? Yeah. Was a brilliant, cunning ruthless woman who wanted her husband dead. Also, she was a liar, a thief, and a cheese. It's very strategic pausing. It's pausing between the most important words then altogether. I wrote phonetically exactly where the pauses are. (laughs) Instead of bang, pause, bang, pause, you wrote the pause. No, it's bang, Pause, bang, pause, bang, pause, bang, 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 pause, bang. Yeah. He is a champion of uh, speech. He is. What's so funny is that, well, maybe it's not that funny. We got a liar, a thief, a cheese because you had your subtitles on and it said cheese instead of cheat because the guy had the Irish accent. But I was using at this point a dictation on my computer because my wrists have been really bothering me. So I tried a dictation for some of this episode and it auto-corrected cunning to funny. Oh, there we go. There we go. So it wasn't until I went through my notes again and it said he was calling her brilliant, funny, and ruthless. She's a funny gal. 
funny girl. Wow. So maybe it just doesn't like when we have those three adjectives. John Diamond is found guilty. And apparently he was not so cocky at this point. And he gets life without parole. The DA is still convinced that Michelle was the brains behind the operation. He convinces a grand jury and Michelle is indicted. But where is Michelle? Where is Michelle? She is gone. She's gone, girl. She's disappeared. Well, she's cunning, brilliant, and ruthless. So where is she? Where is Miss Cheese? She was tipped off, maybe? Unsure? We don't know. That's what people thought because she disappeared kind of right before she was indicted. We are now jumping to Lauderdale by the Sea in Florida. When is this? How many weeks later is this? Just a little bit. A local landlord rents out a unit to a woman named Liza Pendragon. Liza Lot Pendragon? Yeah, got it. If you are trying to go incognito because there's a warrant out for your arrest, why are you picking a name that stands out like Liza Pendragon? Liza, like Liza with like Liza Minnelli. Liza. The most incognito woman that ever was. And the last name Pendragon, like you're a character in Harry Potter. Mama. No, she sounds like a teacher at Hogwarts, for sure. Yeah, Professor Pendragon. Professor Pendragon, who teaches penmanship. I, we're there. And dragons. She teaches the skill of writing whilst riding a dragon. I love that. It's great. Penmanship while you're on a dragon. That's what she teaches. Mm, that's a skill. The competitions, the tests. The pop quizzes, very eventful. A few people die at each one from flames, but it's fine. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. So Liza tells the landlord that she's on the run from an abusive boyfriend. We have seen this technique before, and it is horrible, but also very smart, because then the landlord is going to look the other way in a lot of oddities, like your name being Liza Pendragon. And if someone shows up looking for you, the landlord might not tell them because they might think that's the boyfriend. So it is smart. Soon she has a new boyfriend, Miss Liza. Of course she does. Of course she does. Liza, it was Michelle, of course, says Keith, in case we haven't already figured it out. Just in case. I don't know. We People might be confused. I don't know. I even think Joni would be like, oh, well, it's obviously Michelle. Okay, so she keeps in touch with her family, Liza slash Michelle, through a payphone. She asks her new boyfriend to call her parents and leave a message for her using a payphone. Keith tells us this as he leans against a fence with a boat going behind him and a payphone. He's like far away and the the payphone is up close. It's a beautiful shot. I'm going to send it to our friend Emily from the Keith Leans on Things Instagram account. She can do a full workup and analyze the angles and all of that. There we go. The boyfriend, who I hope is good looking because he's definitely dumb, (laughs) calls Michelle's parents from his own parents' house phone instead of a payphone. No, he's not dumb, Kimberly. She just didn't tell him the truth. So he doesn't really know all the seriousness of this. So he's not reacting appropriately because he's not being told the truth. That's what's happening. You don't think she told him the abusive boyfriend story? I don't think that he might understand how serious that is. Maybe. 
That's well, yeah. So he is stupid. Okay, so there you go. All right, never mind. I retract my 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 earlier comment. Press on. So if he wants to come on the show and defend himself, I'm fine with that. I would love to hear his perspective. Oh no, we don't get to even know his name. No, we don't even get. To- he is hiding his identity. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, he doesn't appear on Dateline. So U.S. Marshals are monitoring Michelle's parents' line. And they say, who are these people in Florida calling them? Oh, they have a son who also lives in Florida and he's a man. So Michelle must be dating him. Man, that's sad. (laughs) But that's literally how this happened. They don't say it, but that's what I assume the conversation was like. That's exactly what happened. She must be in Florida and is dating this these people's son. That's like the only explanation for these random people calling. So they stake him out and they follow him to Michelle's apartment. They arrest her. You mean Liza's apartment. Sorry, Liza's apartment. Miss Pendragon. Thank you. She goes by Miss Pendragon now, if you're nasty. They arrest her. In the apartment, they find magazines on how to disappear, how to get a new identity, books on learning Spanish and travel guides to Mexico fake IDs, and oh my gosh, her appearance. Oh, Lord. She has cut and dyed her hair blonde. Oh, oh my. And most importantly, has gotten plastic surgery very recently. But like not good plastic surgery? Yeah, I searched long and hard for what exactly she had done. Well, we see one photo where she is bandaged around her nose area. So a nose job, 100%. And then either a facelift or a chemical peel at the very least, because her skin is red and swollen and blotchy. And as Keith says, covered in ointment from the surgery. So she's arrested shiny and red and blotchy and swollen. Like a newborn baby, like a weird baby. So It's really upsetting to look at. I'm just going to put that out there. It's not pleasant. How embarrassing for her. Remember karma? Like a shiny tomato. And the big bus? Yeah, karma and the bus. They're back. Karma and the bus has driven to Florida now because they weren't content with the trip into the courthouse. They wanted more. No, it's not nearly enough. So I did get for outside information exactly what she had done. I'll save it. Oh, good. Remind me. Yeah, I do have it, though. Her mugshot is one of the worst mugshots I've ever seen. Because she looks like a newborn. It's really upsetting with drawn eyebrows. It looks like a newborn with Sharpie eyebrows. It's a, Everyone's upset. Sharpie eyebrows and she's so greasy and blotchy. I think it's my favorite mugshot I've ever seen. Because it's ointment. <laughs> I and they hold on the mugshot for what feels like 10 minutes. In a was that shade? Dateline, you shady. You are so shady, Dateline. That is shade. Because they use it even when it's not even talking about her arrest. They use it when she's like going to trial, which would be like two years later. They're still showing the mugshot of when she was arrested, all blotchy and red. It's so sweet. I loved it. I don't think they're big fans of hers. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think it is my favorite mugshot of all time. So... Michelle turns down a plea agreement that would have given her 10 years in prison. So she goes to trial. Cocky. The prosecution has a smoking gun, though. Michelle had Marty return to her office after they had just been there. 
luring him to the crime scene. Right. How would John, the killer, know that they would be there unless Michelle had told him? Because they called. Because she called him. Right. But so that proves that she was involved and set the whole thing up. That is their smoking gun. I guess. Well, I mean, I feel like they have plenty of evidence. What's the issue? She was there. He wouldn't have been there without her. That was the smoking gun. There's no reason for them to have been at the office where all of a sudden someone is waiting to murder him. Right. A random hit person or her lover who's obsessed would not know. Right. And she had told the police that after he was shot. He, she didn't say he wanted to come back to my office so that I could get stuff to work on. What? No, no, she should have. That would have been smart. She said, I had us go back to the office. Yeah. Right. I guess they could say that a hitman or John Diamond was following them, was trailing them because he wanted to kill Marty. Then why wouldn't he shoot him in the car? Right. Why would he wait for a few minutes until John got out of the car and started walking up the stairs? Which is why I think she did it. So he didn't ruin the car, which is why you think he, she did it. But how then the ballistics seem to show that he was shot in the back and then fell down the stairs and then was shot in the front. You don't think there could be an expert that would come and say the opposite? Yeah, probably. For sure. That say he was shot in the front first. Maybe she said, Marty, here are my keys. Can you go up to my office for me and get my book? That would be really weird. And he ate the candy and he peed in the toilet. No, she did it after, before she called 911. Then she went up there. No, that doesn't really make sense. No, I think, no, no, no. I think that the reason it's a weird shot is because he comes up the stairs. She shoots him close, but kind of off center. She's like- In the front. Not good. In the front, he falls down the stairs and she goes down the stairs a little bit and shoots him in the back from up there. Right. Where was the gun found? It was not found. It was not found. No. It was stolen out of John Diamond's car. Oh, of course. Naturally. Yeah. They maybe just don't know which bullet came first. Also, does the time of death line up with the time that John Diamond left the house, according to his wife? I'm assuming so. He was gone for a really long time. Because what I'm more wondering is if she called him in a panic after she shot him and was like, he came after me. I was in my office and he came after me. He found me in my work office. Well, she definitely called him from the party or said she tried to, but maybe he didn't answer. Mm -hmm. And I believe that call lines up with when he got the call and left his house when he was watching the movie. Did they test the work phones? To see if she called him from work that night. I, I was assume so. Because then it would be that he was charging up the stairs at me and she called him again at work and was like, oh my goodness, I shot him. You have to help me. And then he came and tried to help her cover it up, but he didn't actually do the murder, but he did help her cover it. He took the gun away. And why did she call him at 930 when she was leaving the party to get him to do it, but he didn't answer. So she did it herself. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. No, I don't know the answer. I would just like to have those times. Are you sure he left the house at that time? No, I'm just assuming. No, is the wife sure? Sorry, is she sure that he left the house? Right, is the wife sure? I would guess because they were watching a movie, she probably knows around what part in the movie. But you see what I'm saying, right? Where it is feasible that she did it. 
is it possible there's a third guy that she was sleeping with because she was reaching out for affairs, trying to find a guy who would do this for her? The third man theory. Interesting. The third man theory. The third, the shooter in the bushes. Ye old bush shooter. Yep. Got it. Maybe. You know, Kennedy, the grassy knoll. Oh, back and to the left. Yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did it. I couldn't get the words out, grassy knoll. So I was like, that's the lawn theory. I was wondering where you were going. Yeah, it's all right. You you got there in the end. Yeah. It's always Seinfeld that gets me there, though. So <laughs> a defense psychologist who we've been hearing from this whole time, and now we figure out that's who she is. She's the defense psychologist who the defense hires to interview Michelle and get a read on her. She testifies and she's been taping Michelle this whole time. She testifies on Michelle's behalf. She says, well, Michelle wasn't manipulating him on purpose because they accuse her of kind of doing this push and pull sort of playing games in the relationship to get him to want her more and to be more desperate for her. And she says, no, she was just indecisive. And it's totally normal for this to happen. She has totally fallen for Michelle's nonsense. I'm not sure what's wrong with this, what's happening here. I just feel like she's not showing herself in the best light because I don't know if she knew that Dateline was going to portray Michelle in such a negative light. That's a great point. So the jury has not fallen for Michelle's not Michigas. No, no. She is found guilty. And she gets life without parole. And remember, she could have gotten out in 10 if she had just taken that deal, which is the third time that Karma drives her big old bus through this episode. I love it. Thank you, Karma. Thank you, Karma. We appreciate we see your bus and we appreciate it. (laughs) I see your bus and I raise you a camper van. I don't know. I couldn't think of another vehicle. All right. What, What goes on a bus? I don't know. We raise you. An airplane. Okay, there we go. An Amtrak. A train. Yeah, a train. Yeah. Train Trump's bus. Yeah. Did it. So, B-roll Bonanza. There's so much B-roll Bonanza. Hazy typing on the computer throughout, but it's hazy. It's soft focus lens that they're using on this, so it makes it all appear very sensual. Yes, that's what I was going to Okay, I need you to go to 557 in the episode because you didn't see it or you would have already commented on it. There's a picture with something terrifying in it. It's a picture of John Diamond with his first wife sitting on a couch. Do you know the picture I'm talking about? She's holding one of their children, which we also forget that John Diamond has children with two other women, by the way. Let's not forget that. In this whole, using your word, Michigas, they're on the couch. They scroll from him over to the wife and the baby, and there's something terrifying in the picture. It's a wooden... I saw it. It's a... It's a coconut monkey. It's an evil coconut baby that appears to be made of two, two coconuts. He's giving it the side eye in the picture. It, I think it has those boxing arms or they're supposed to be bongo drums. I think he has lollipops in his hands. I think they're suckers. He might just have lollipops in his hands. That belongs on blood relatives. I don't know what that is. I did see it before and I kind of was like, no, it's fine. But now I'm looking at it with fresh eyes. That's not, you know, that's not fine. No, it's not fine. Nothing about it. That's a demon. I don't know why that's in that picture. Evil coconut baby. It needs to go. 
don't let those things near your children. No, it shouldn't be near the children. It's got a demon in it. In fact, all children toys should be approved by us first. And we can say if they're demon or not demon. Is that fair? (laughs) Don't buy things that are made of a small coconut and a large coconut. And then someone's drawn or carved a face on it. And then it's holding two lollipops. That's not going to be, that's not child safe. That's not baby safe. And it's a baby in the picture. It looks like a a boxing monkey. They make those boxing rabbi dolls. Have you ever seen this? Oh, I know. Oh, I know. They make a boxing Ruth Bader Ginsburg too. Oh. I won't be having this for the holiday season. No. This is not a good gift. That doll is not invited. Bombas is a good gift. Give the gift of Bombas. Yeah, it's really weird. It's weird, right? Yeah, and it does have white eyes. Like, just all white eyes. I really, I'm, okay, let's move on. That, but that is the sequel to the Annabelle movie. That's what that is. Yeah, the evil coconut monkey with lollipops. Okay. Also, when they're talking about affairs, and I believe this is the psychologist footage, they are doing, again, very sensuous lighting of candles. Yeah. I love the affair footage from the earlier seasons. It's really good. The slow lighting of candles in hazy soft lighting. Bring that back. Yeah, it's all that white diamond lighting. Yeah. Bring it back, Dateline. We love it. It is the vibe also for the bleep in a box (laughs) vibe from SNL, too. It's that sort of vibe. You bet. Where one person sensually strokes a rose onto their lover's face. Some year you and I will do a holiday video. I would like that very much. (laughs) And And it will involve the white diamonds lighting. I would like that a lot. Number one, because we need it. Yeah, we do. Number two, well, one of us needs it. Number two, because absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Because if you can have it, why not have it? Why not do it? Just a white vignette. I'm sure it's a filter on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the David Brent, if you don't know me by now, when he's all in white, that lighting. That's the one I want. And if you guys haven't watched the British Office and the Christmas special, it's that time of year. So go watch it and make your heart happy. So we keep seeing a coffee table with two frame photos of Michelle and John. And then we later see one with three frame photos of all three of them. And it has two tea, two tea candles like lit. And then the flowers, it's that same vibe that you're talking about. We see Zorba's restaurant and we learn that they have gyros slash euros. Euros, 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 and every Wednesday they have spaghetti for four twenty-five. So that's a good price. Better let my mom know. My mom eats approximately six foods, and spaghetti is one of them. And when I know if we're ordering food from a place that she doesn't particularly like that food, she goes, "Oh no, no, I have spaghetti." She eats it maybe four nights a week. I love that. In fact, I might make some spaghetti at 11 o'clock at night tonight. And then we see, I got so excited, a lot of holiday decor, lights, and a vase with balls in it. The balls, the decorative balls that I've talked about so many times. They have wicker red balls. They have feathered red balls. They, these are the balls that my parents have, which I don't understand the purpose of except for decoration. We see a printing press, which we have seen recently as well. Always exciting to see a printing press. 
You do love a printing press. We have, very importantly, cell doors clanging shut, which was Mank's suggestion. Josh Mankiewicz, thank you, to our bingo cards. And there you go. I think it's in the old episodes a lot more. I think that's why he wanted it so firmly on there. I think it's why he suggested it. I think they used to do it a ton more. I think in season 30, where they're all hip and cool now, they might not be doing it as much. Not that that's not hip and cool, Josh, but we haven't seen it. We see a montage of Michelle's changing face in reverse. Was that shade? Oh, you want to know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell me the procedures, please. Okay. Again, no shame towards plastic surgery. Much shame for plastic surgery because you're on the run for murder. I don't think she did it to change her face. This all sounds like vanity surgery to me. That's possible too. Not vanity and it just sounds like upkeep stuff because the surgeries she got, she had, you know, when you get older and your eyelid comes down, Mm -hmm. she got that one that tucks your eyelid. Okay. And then she had fat pockets removed from under her eyes, which is what you do when you get those hollows because filler can't really do that. So see, these aren't like face changing surgeries. These are youthifying surgeries. Yeah. She got her nose tweaked and she got a tiny chin implant. Yeah. Like a very small. Okay. That kind of, those two kind of sound like changing appearance. So the doctor did not say she had a rhinoplasty. I think that they did something else. Because a full nose job, she would have black eyes with how recent this surgery was. Yeah, there is a one that's a little bit simpler and it doesn't leave you as bruised. It's a the liquid one. Yes. Is that what you're talking about? It might be. It's much more affordable. So I don't know if she was spending all that money. You know what I'm saying? A full rhinoplasty is a lot of money. Yeah. And the chin implant? Yeah. The doctor said little. It was a newspaper article that I read. A literal newspaper article, like a f- microfiche. <laughs> yeah, love it. I got real excited that it was a microfiche. And so she had a little bit of a chin done and then she had just a peel. But what you were really seeing is the remnants of a chemical peel, which is terrifying when you get those. To, they're supposed to be great for your skin and you're supposed to look amazing. There are people that swear by them. You know who it is. It is Lucille Bluth. <laughs> That's yeah. It's gay. It's gangy. It's gangy. Yep. Full gangy. If case you don't know, on Arrested Development, she got a peel and she terrifies her grandchildren. And one of them works at a studio and turns it into a horror movie. What does she say? I need water. Is that what she says? Yeah. (laughs) Gangy's thirsty. (laughs) She wants a martini. So let's do Fashion Police and talk about, first of all, the newspaper reporter lady. Melissa Stoddard Diaz, which you did not mention once. I've mentioned her. I just didn't say who was talking sometimes. Some of her sound bites, but I never mentioned her by name. Because of her fashion? She has a hot pink sweater tied around her shoulders. I don't know if I've ever seen a tied around the sweater preppy shoulders. She's going to play tennis after this at the country club. I think she wasn't happy with her shirt and she wanted to add some color. Oh, no, I think she's my mom. (laughs) I think she's my mom in every picture I took in elementary school, basically until I left the house. Yeah. If I was wearing a color that my mom deemed. Now, remember, I was not allowed to wear black. Secular. So if I was wearing a color, no, that just she didn't think looked good on my face. So let's say it was gray. She would 
make me tie something around my shoulders that was a color like that to brighten my face. So that's exactly what I said. I think that's what's happening here. That is someone like your mom who got their colors done in the 80s or 90s. (laughs) There you go. Look up getting your colors done. Every one of your moms did it or your grandmas did it. Yeah, absolutely. So... And it's an amazing thing because they just hold up scarves to your face <laughs> until they and it's also super subjective, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm sure you can do it online now. I'm sure there's like an app for it. And you find out if you're a, an autumn or something. Wear what you like. Just wear what you like. But the pink was that's immediately what it reminded me of or that she was chilly. Yeah, she was chilly. We might be very cynical. She could have been cold. No, I think I am. I've just never seen it before. But I actually like the way it looks. Oh, you'd be real cute. So let's talk about what Michelle looks like when they take her picture. This is where I wasn't sure if it was an ugly Christmas sweater party or if that's just the way she was dressed to that party. But then when we heard about Marty and the suspenders with the sequins, I was pretty sure it was a ugly sweater or dress up holiday party. She's wearing a red plaid schoolgirl type skirt and a holiday sweater vest. A cardigan thing. Correct. And a red turtleneck. Snowmen all over it. Like applique snowmen. It is not ugly enough to win, but is not attractive enough for a woman like Michelle who wants to have affairs with everyone that she works with to think looks good. I was kind of proud of her, actually. Good for you. Yeah, well, she's with her husband. Maybe she can't have an affair right under his nose. Well, she knows that she's about to see the cops. She knows what's going to happen later that night in this outfit. And she also knows that she's going to see her lover. That's true. Yeah, but maybe she was going to be inside the whole time. Maybe they weren't supposed to exchange any words. Oh, no. Or maybe she was going to take the sweater off (laughs) to show him her shapely figure and then put it back on when the cops came. I don't know. I think it's fun. Tacky Christmas is fun. This is my outfit for when I have my husband's kills. It looks 10 times sadder in the pictures because he's just shot and she's standing there in her tacky Christmas outfit. It's so funny. And it's not funny. It's sad. But she also doesn't even look that sad. She just looks kind of like pissed. She just looks kind of cranky like that they're taking her picture. Like I wasn't I would have dressed up better if I had known you guys were going to take my picture. Not my husband was just murdered. That's not the vibe she's giving off. How would she think that they weren't going to take her picture? I mean, I think they, I don't know if I would have thought they were going to take my picture. I would think they would take pictures of like my arms for scratches if it was some sort of brutal attack. But other than that, I wouldn't think that they would just take my picture at the scene. I don't know. It didn't even occur to me. Yeah, maybe not. Hmm. We're not sure what happened. I think he did it. You think maybe she did it. I think there's a chance. I'm just surprised because he seemed to have a lawyer that was, I don't know. I don't know if he was actually good. He just... He got me. So I'm surprised that the jury convicted him. There must be more to this than we know. I think it's possible Michelle made up all those emails or fake sent them, but it seems like a lot of things. And then why would she delete them? If she, why would she delete them if she wrote fake emails, hoping that they would find them? She doesn't know how good the IT guy is. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, 
I would think she would leave them on there. So I think he actually wrote them and wasn't telling his sister how into Michelle he was. Okay, you're probably right. I Yeah, you're probably right. Did Debbie seem to know that he was having an affairs with lots of ladies? I guess she, she knew about Michelle. Yeah, she seemed to know he was a ladies man. She doesn't seem to care that he's like cheating on his second wife, who he also cheated on the first one, probably with the second one. He had two children. Anyone? He had two children with two different wives and both wives he had cheated on. But he has two children. He's in prison now. Michelle, why did you do this? Well, he did it too. I'm mad, I guess. Do you have a Real Housewives line? I do. I have a couple, actually. I do too. Okay, here we go. Turn around. I have been called a ruthless, cunning, vicious woman in the past but my future shines bright like a diamond. <laughs> nice. All right. What you got? Okay. The, a lot of these are based on song lyrics. That's my preference. Okay. Turn around. I got no soul, but I killed a soldier. Oh, there we go. I like that. Okay. Turn around. Holiday office party. You bet. I've got a killer outfit. Nice. You got it. Oh, all right. Go ahead. Turn around. I'm a fan of Yahoo Personals. Let's get personal. <laughs> it also could be used as a tagline for Yahoo Personals. But it can't say the same word twice. I'm a fan of Yahoo Personals. Now let's get personal. <laughs> and then she would go, Yahoo. I don't think I understood the assignment. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think you understood it. <laughs> I think you have to go back and reread the instructions. By the way, I posted the funniest video, parody video of these Real Housewives lines on Instagram. It's a girl that I'm completely obsessed with now. So everyone check it out. And she did a parody of podcasters. You have to watch it because we don't interview people usually. So it's specifically podcasters who interview people. Honestly, go to my Instagram. She's hilarious. Okay. Maybe let me try my third one. Let's go. It's also based on the song lyric. (laughs) Turn around. I'm in Loserville, baby. So why don't you kill for me? Oh, that's great. See, third time's the charm. That was (laughs) Joni is like, honey, which one of those were song lyrics? She doesn't know those songs. Neither does Oliver. It's okay. That's good. Titles. Let's do it. Kiss, kiss, bang, pause, bang. Really good. Thank you. That was really good. Thank you. I have John Diamond, rendezvous man. (laughs) Yeah. She was looking for a rendezvous man. I'm sorry, rendezvous man is ridiculous. I've never heard someone say that before. I'm looking for a rendezvous man. No. <laughs> you just say rendezvous. I'm looking for a rendezvous. Female seeking male, sexy brunette looking for rendezvous. Mm-hmm. Not rendezvous man. Rendezvous man. Okay. What else you got? Five little words, one big murder. Ooh, that's good. I like that one. And then I was also playing around with three restaurants, three shots, three leans. Well, that's good. It was going to be like the numbers of date, dateline by the numbers. That's really good. How about Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Carolina's Friend? The name of the website was Carolina Friends. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Didn't get it. That's great. Love it. 
and then diamond in the roughest spot. Yeah, great. I was trying to get some more with that. I couldn't. What about nose job, hit job? Okay. It's not as good. Let's stick with my first one. My kiss, kiss, bang, bang one. I like your first one, but I like the first and second ones. What about in jail? No one can fear you scream. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. That's good. (laughs) Because their last name is Thier. Sorry, that was her last name. I barely said it. That was very funny. I know you, I always, I got to start interjecting more if I know what my titles are so that like I can make sure that it makes sense at the end. Everybody, thank you so, so much. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We have lots going on. We have Mariah Armageddon and Wham Mageddon. I'm only in one of them now. You'll have to follow us on Instagram to hear the terrible, tragic day that I have had. I apologize. I apologize. And it's all because of Chetna from Great British Bake Off. Thanks, Chetna. Why are you so invested in Mariah Geddon? I didn't know you were as invested in that one. I'm soups invested. And also we're good friends with him or her. I don't even know the creator on Twitter. And he slash she slash they thanks us repeatedly for using our platform to promote this extremely fun game. So I'm just as invested, actually. I hate that song much more than I hate Last Christmas. Hate is a strong word. I'm sick of that song much more than I'm sick of Last Christmas. Wow. Opposite. Interesting. Very much opposite. I, I think if it was like a different version, like a cover version, I would not hate either song. I don't even hate Last Christmas. I just play the game because it's fun. Okay. Everyone, we have one more episode before we are going on a two-week hiatus. So I don't know what that means. Just giving you advanced warning. Go do a deep dive into our other Lafayette episodes. Sorry, Fayetteville. Yeah, we'll do some Fayetteville. Maybe we'll do a list. Lafayette, taking this horse by the reins, making red coast red of bloodstains. There we go. Go listen to Hamilton and download our Fayetteville episodes that I listed at the top of this episode. If you're not on Patreon, it's a perfect time to join because you could listen to The Mystery of the Murdered Major, which has some crossover with this episode. That's our plug. All right, everybody. Take care of each other. Be kind. People need kindness right now. Happy belated Hanukkah. Happy. Oh, <laughs> I forgot the phrase. I forgot the phrase you taught me. I was trying to remember the phrase. Aksameach. 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 Sure. I said it right. Aksameach. Great job. So good. For a Gentile, that was great. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Oliver doesn't know who any musician is. Anyone. (laughs) That's fine. I don't think he's entirely sure who Taylor Swift is, to be honest. (laughs) I don't think he knows who Beyonce is (laughs) because I've brought up multiple songs Well, this song and he just shakes. I know you can tell it's like a blank stare if I say (laughs) single ladies. And I started doing the dance badly, but I did try blank. No, you know what? He knows a lot of those songs because of Drag Race. They always do the lip syncs on Drag Race. Ask him how many songs he's recognized. (laughs) He doesn't remember them after. He just doesn't. Music, that kind of music is not. Nothing pop.
okay. is not his thing. That's valid. But I still married him and like him very much. So it can happen. Yeah, but he doesn't hate all music. He just doesn't know it. He doesn't not like it. Correct. That's true. This, yeah, this guy with the hates all music. Yeah. That probably also hated all animals. Yeah, I don't have time for him. Exactly. 